the education behind it and implementing it in, in my business. I take craft or pride in aromatherapies and how the essential oils affect um, the laboring mom. Um, also, how it affects the baby post-birth. Right, right, right. And also, the same with massage therapy. I'm currently taking a massage therapy class okay. with a lady who uh, only caters to pregnant moms. Prenatal, prenatal massage. That's, Absolutely. That's super dope. Very important for uh, the positioning of the baby, uh, relaxation properties, um, and just ultimately the overall general health of the mom. Right, right. right. So I wish that I knew what a doula was when I was pregnant because I had a million questions as a new mom. Like, I couldn't tell you if my feet were supposed to swell that big, if my, if I, you know, uh, if I wasn't eating enough, if, if I was eating the right thing. And then, like, you go from this super, you know, we wilded out, we having a good time. I'm with my husband drinking, you know, every other weekend. They like, oops, I'm pregnant. Is my baby okay? I think that's like the first question yeah. that a mom asks is, is my baby okay? Um, you know, I've been Did doing I do something wrong? Did I do something I've been wrong? Living life right, 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 right. For six plus <laughs> weeks and or months right. uh, for other people, yeah. So I wish I had that person because... When you have family, you have like all this unnecessary, unwanted. Okay, so let me be let me be fair. I won't say unwanted advice. I will say pressured advice because it's it's biased. So my question to you is like, I know what the craft of a doula is now. Thank you because I had no idea. My pleasure. You know uh, what? How important it was or is, and. I guess my question now would be, like, how did you even come to know that was, like, your purpose? Like, it seems like it's something that comes so natural to you, something that's just, like, like in you. So, I mean, I would definitely feel more comfortable with someone who I knew, like, this is what they want to do. Because even now, I'm not pregnant. I don't even think about kids. I don't even think about another child. But I'm just excited hearing you talk because it's like something that you could just tell that you have invested time, but it's a, something in the background because I've been around nurses and I remember telling my husband, can you get this nurse out of my room? Like, I don't know who the hell she is. I don't care how long, what school she went to, but she sucks and I am not comfortable. I'm not happy. And I, she's not making me feel supported as you, as you use that term so much, because I believe that is very important to feel supported. So if, if you don't mind, can you just like, you know, kind of elaborate on how, how I became, how you became, uh, you know, this I, incredible yeah, doula. B, BDBY. BDBY, right? so, okay. Uh, for, I uh, will not say what my age is, but <laughs> right. for a very long time, uh, medicine is, was, is my craft, okay. right? So, not to say that, you know, I, I am my age and I'm finally finding um, this doulaship as a history. I have a history of uh, hotel restaurant management. I have a history of wow. um, nursing in general. And, and for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a nurse. So medically, I've been in the medical field. I'm still currently in the medical field. And I think... You know, after being, um, after looking for something else to uh, fulfill, you know, what's inside of you, sometimes you, you're always looking for something else. Not everybody's always looking for something else because you're where you want to be. Um, uh, but a good friend of mine, a late friend of mine, 
he and I were uh, talking about what my next step would be, like right. where I was headed. And education was it. He said, you have um, the spirit. It's like one of the things that's missing in the medical field is education. And we're so ready to give somebody uh, a pill or whatever have you. I'm not knocking that at all. Um, big Pharma is a huge deal. Right. Um, the systemic issues that we have with uh, medications and drugs and things, that that's serious. So um, as me, you know, I worked in the emergency room for six years and that alone opened my eyes to when you have 80 patients in a shift, in a 12-hour shift, right. and you see that and that, you know, admit holds and all of these other things, it becomes, it, it's draining. Yeah, and I could imagine it, it, it could make you think twice about what your next step is or where you need to go. Um, but to be honest with you, <laughs> nurses in ICU, nurses in um, the emergency room, nurses in mid surge, we, you know, we always talk about the type A's or the type whatever's of, of nurses, but nurses are badasses. If that's right, okay right. for me to say, no, absolutely. But um, they are, <laughs> you, and you have those, like you said, you have those nurses that. Um, are there for the check that right. are just like this is something that um, I was like hey I can make a better life for my family and my right. my kids and they're smart enough to go through the program or right. find a program right. and pass the NCLEX these are all really stressful hard things nursing school is no joke correct um, but then you also have those passionate nurses that are this is my craft right. um, and when you meet a nurse like that and I thought I was and I know I am, right? right. Um, but that whole, the system can tear you down. So in uh, communicating and having these uh, talks with a friend of mine, Brandon, he told me that consultation, counseling, and education was something that he always admired about me in regards to uh, telling our patients at the end, taking the time to let them know what to expect. The education pieces behind the medication. What right. is going to make you feel like all of these things? Uh, what to expect? Because right. we'll send p patients out and then they'll be back three days later talking about some, oh my God, I have a headache or I'm, I'm lethargic. And you're like, well, you just started a blood pressure medication. You just started a regimen. You know, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not sure if anybody knows, but when you're on put, when you're put on blood pressure medication, it feels like you are, and, and, and <laughs> how I attribute it to is like, in your first trimester of pregnancy. Right. You're lethargic. You're tired. tired. You're sleeping. I can definitely attest to that. Your, your blood pressure has dropped so low because of the medication, your body is just like rest. You know, right. you don't know what to do. And it takes time for your body to get used to that. So in the process of all of that, um, yeah, Brandon told me that uh, he saw that and I literally just uh, took time with God and, and prayed about what right. my next move would be knowing that that was stressful. I became pregnant. <laughs> I had to mo right. move from the emergency Adapt. room. I had to leave because it literally would not have allowed me. I would not have made it 40 weeks if I were in that stressful place working. Um, and I was blessed to move and actually focus on me. And in that part, dealing with the education was what was going on with my body. I was like, man, I'm always the go-to for friends right, for right, right. Um, what to do here. And how thank to do you, go-to. <laughs> like, I've answered all these questions. And then, and looking into doulas, I was like, what a great 
place to be. Right. So I can I could remove myself from the medical aspect. I, I I really think that that's kind of foul in a way that doulas are not looked at as medical providers. Mm. Um, because we do fill in the gaps for nurses. We Absolutely. fill in the gaps for doctors. Um, when doctors are rushing you out of your um, your appointment because they got to get to the next one, right? Um, it's me that my patients or my clients call to say, hey, my doctor mentioned this. Right. Um, so I am. I am more an intimate partner. Like. Sometimes f- people or my clients feel like they can come to me and ask me anything when they're a little fearful to go to the person with the medical license. Right. right. The ones that <laughs> should be able to tell them everything about what's going on with their bodies and not feel rushed. And that goes back to compassion. And Ab- support. Absolutely. Support and compassion. And these are the things that are missing. So, although we're, doulas are not considered medical providers, I, I would not. I promise you, if I met a, another doula, they'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, right, absolutely. Sorry. Especially, not especially now, because I feel like we put all these titles on things, but the respect factor and the understanding is what makes those things as they are. Because, I mean, even teaching for the amount of years that I've taught the assistants to the doctors, I could tell you, you spend five, ten minutes with the doctor and you spend the rest of your time with whoever is um, delegated to help in the provider, whether it be a medical assistant, an LVN, a doula. These are still a part of the process. You, Your doctor is relying on that information. Absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, or interpretation, because as you said, you talk to the patient or your your clients to be able to put into form what is it that they're they're dealing with or what kind of questions to ask because absolutely you know to me I feel like it's a test when you're in there with the doctor like okay let me write down all the questions that I have for this doctor because I have five minutes that I I have to tell this doctor and hope that they're paying attention to me in order to get the Enough right to get the the adequate information right sometimes things cannot be explained in two minutes correct and or one minute um, and I, I attribute a lot of who I am and how I treat my clients and, and just moving forward to my OBGYN, my OBGYN of 20 years. I've been here in Texas and Houston for 20 years and I've had him for 20 years and I know he is coming up in retirement. Thank God he has a daughter <laughs> that he has implemented right. these things in and the love and the compassion that he has. But, um, he, I, I take up two of his appointment slots <laughs> They already know. <laughs> She's when, like, how the Salika sets an appointment, right. pregnant or not pregnant. Right. But it was worse when I was pregnant because I think that we should, um, as as patients, we should take the time to ask questions that we don't know. We should also take the time. Like people will put a notepad on the refrigerator, and this is our grocery list. Right. I would put a notepad on the refrigerator. I'd have a notepad <laughs> in your phone. Like these are questions I need to ask my doctor. I would not have five questions. I'd have twenty. Right. And he'd be like, "Come on, Z." And but that's what we doing. We <laughs> sit here. I got him. And he was so patient with me. He's still like, you know, and, and, and I'm, uh, he's an old white man. Yeah, I love right. him. Um, but, you know, and, and I like uh, when it comes to different religions and backgrounds and our culture, when women can only choose a, a female OB-GYN mm-hmm. or a female midwife. I find that um, sometimes women are also the ones, it, I see it more times than none that, 
the women OBGYNs are also just like racing through these things. And I'm thinking as a woman, and, and if you have kids, how dare you right, like right. rush another woman who's confused, who has all of these questions to go through. Not, no, not at all am I saying that male right, doctors right. are better than female. I just wanted to address yes. the my the, male OBJ right. is the bomb. So my, if you my got one that's the bomb, my the one that's the bomb. And uh, I I applaud those women. I applaud the black OBJs out here making moves, doing big things too for our community. Not just our community, but black and brown. Right. And um, it's very rare that you'll have um, a clientele filled with white clients as a black female OBJN. So right. <laughs> for right. those out there, handle your business because we are going to give you the business. Right, um, right. I do, if you don't mind, have a more intimate uh, uh, story in regards no, to... No, please share. That, that's exa- That's what... How so- this doula ship has become not just uh, a passion of mine and, uh, and to educate, but... It is also, I feel like, it's and me. Right. right. So my parents are very eclectic, and that's the word that I usually use Okay, for okay. I'm one of eight. Eight. I am, uh, wow. I fall in the line of number five. Uh, I have six sisters and one brother. Okay. And my parents decided, because of GI issues when they were in college, to stop eating meat. And, and become vegans. So, ve- okay. I was going to say, what's the term for it? So, they were Yeah, we they vegan. were vegans. Like, okay. no cheese, no eggs, no byproducts of meat at all. And that's, that's a lot what of discipline. happened. They had what uh, was considered IBS, but back in the 60s and the 70s. And growing up, you're, you know, we, black people didn't go to the doctor. Like, you had to almost be dead. Yep. (laughs) When my grandmother said, girl, don't worry, I use a cobweb and a needle. You're like, wait, cobwebs? Right. What? (laughs) Right. That's serious. Like, girl, I'll stitch you up in a minute. (laughs) But they had, um, with that, they also had natural products to help heal and to get you through those ailments. Well, my parents became what I call naturopaths, and uh, no, they don't have medical degrees. They don't have any of that. But I remember ginseng and and golden seal and yes. um, just things that I think the first time I took a Tylenol, I vomited just because my my body wasn't oh, used to that. And I'm yeah. saying I was like 18 at the time. Wow. But. So they decided to stop eating meat. They became vegans, and then they became vegetarians, and then it was like at some point pescatarians, and then there's a whole list of things. Then we started eating chicken and fish. But when they were young in their marriage, having kids, they knew that they wanted a lot of children, and they also knew that uh, having these babies were expensive. So, you know, one of my mom's doctors, he had a nurse that was working under him, but she was, I don't know if she was training to be a midwife, but she was a coach of some sort, not quite a midwife there yet. Um, And she taught my parents everything. Her name was Rashida, Rashida. right? And Rashida taught my parents everything from the Rita to the Tita in regards to midwifery. So it's almost like they became the certified midwives uh, in the state of Illinois themselves just by taking these classes with her. And ultimately, they wanted to start having babies at home. I was the first one. What? So they said, oh, Delivered. let's just jump this on. 
really good? Okay. Yeah, let's just do this. Like, let this not be known. The doctor was supposed to be there. Okay, okay. Leave it to that uh, blizzardy uh, December 21st night. Right. And, I mean, afternoon. It was Sounds cold. like a beginning of a, a, of a music video. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Th- thanks to rush hour traffic. Okay. And when I decided to uh, make my mama say, girl, you are in labor. Labor. Um, no one was able to make it to the delivery. So it was my mom and my dad, whatever one sibling or two siblings that was there with me. And yeah, you know, I came out like a flying rocket as you could, you know, okay. Imagine number five, (laughs) like at this point, once you have the first one and that whole labor, it's not going to be the same. You just, baby, we coming, we coming, (laughs) baby's on the way. You start having contractions, you're like, whoa, did my water break? Yeah, my water broke. We got to go. Because Lord knows your baby is crowned. That's what's happening. Right. But, um, so yeah, I was the first of three that they purposely had at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, my name means well-born because the wow. doctor finally got to the house and he looked at me and he weighed and their their weighing aspects of things. And um, I didn't have to go to the hospital. So they did a great job on their own. Clearly, right? Um, and Zalika was born. Yes, Zalika was born. And on my website, they have that uh, births designed by you. So, if you don't mind sharing, can you? So, for the audience that is is not here with us, what is your Instagram and social media like? How would someone get in touch with you? People can uh, find my website on births designed by you uh, yep and then all of my social media is just births designed by birth so instagram you can find me on linkedin you can find me on facebook you're doing better than me with the linkedin i'm just learning i I just got on tiktok okay come on tiktok TikTok. so we need to look forward to some of those baby videos (laughs) on tiktok are you gonna learn some dances you know, me and Zariah are already kicking it with this. <laughs> okay. We, okay. We, we practice it behind okay, the scenes. Okay, I'm going to need to so practice behind the yes. scenes because I have two left feet or maybe so, yeah, three. I, um, I feel like this aspect of where I am in life and my dualship, it, it, is, it is. It is definitely attributed to uh, my parents, the homage. Like, it's, it comes from within. It is something that's always been in me. Um, and even with that, um, we just don't do aromatherapy. We just, I, my business, it's the holistic part, the every aspect, the spiritual part of the woman and her family and how they, how the mom and dad relate to one another, the mom and her partner or, uh, the mom is a single mom. So it, it, it's all of it. It is nutrition. It is her her diet, like how we can make sure that she's doing um, not necessarily what she needs to do, but maintaining those calories and hitting those marks and uh, supplements, prenatal vitamins. And then exercise. Exercise is so important. You don't have to be on this regimen of like, oh, I go to a boot camp. Just something simple as walking. Um, all of these things help and attribute to a more natural and safe delivery. So, right. So, and it's crazy you mentioned that because that was going to be my next question to you is life balance. So, I mean, 
there as you as you clearly blew my mind because I didn't even know that there was I knew that doulas were supportive because your clients absolutely adore you <laughs> as I always tell you like man thank where, y'all thank <laughs> y'all thank y'all where were you when you know uh I, I was in that whole planning process of even wanting to be a mom I needed someone like that but my question is about like life balance life balance for your your new mom your new parents life balance for you because you know a lot of things happened during COVID that made people really evaluate their <laughs> life situation and as you mentioned for your mom it was you know we have to have this baby at home and you know meeting a new person and, the, and all of those things kind of I don't know if butterfly effect might be the right term but they kind of transition a new way of thinking as things kind of leveled up you know so here you are as this now doula um who's left the medical field because she you know she's had a baby and I mean not had a baby but you well you did have a baby after the fact but you're pregnant you're in the emergency room and you're like okay I need to leave from here and now I'm I'm pursuing being a doula and now I'm teaching other mothers how to do this whole life balance thing so what does that look like because even just talking about it is complete chaos in my head i'm like how does that even how did you yeah like (laughs) how do you even how do you even get here so um to simplify the question it's what is life balance for you what does that look like what is life balance for your new parent or new mom like how do you even put that together what does that look like Tell, tell us what that looks so, like. So, balance in my life. I have yet to leave my job. Okay. I work night shifts. Super mom. In the Catholic. <laughs> uh, the super mom um, aspect, that term, I have adopted alien mom. Okay. And, uh, a coworker and I. Fitting. Uh, she has four, four kids. And when the pandemic started, we were just cracking jokes and like bouncing off uh, book titles, right? Right. And, or, or book series. You know, we're talking about our oldest uh, sons who are both 15, Micah, Michael. It's just, it was like, girl, like you and I are the same person, but just being busy. So balance means um, it was so good uh, just being in the same atmosphere with Carla in a cath lab because she has four kids and, you know, the pandemic definitely did a lot of things to us. It showed us what we were, were capable of and it also showed us what we were not capable of. And in those things, we need to know what that is. And uh, as a mom, an alien mom, because that's what I called it. I was like, right. girl, all these hats, <laughs> all these things, I'm frying eggs and I'm busting <laughs> the kids about school. Like, I got to sleep. Um, thankfully, I work 12-hour shifts. I only work overnight three days a week. So that leaves me four days to recover from the, the sleep apnea. But also in regards to just schedules schedules to me mean in balance i need to write it down i write everything i write my normal life down so when it comes to my business my business is i am penciling in i always tell my clients if they need me they can communicate i it's it's not a definite that i'm gonna get back with you i may roll my eyes but i'm getting back with you that's just what it is I am awake three nights a week. Like, so why can't I communicate with you? Why can't right. you have an ailment or a breastfeeding or lactation question in the middle of the night and not be able to do that? Because it is, it's a tedious job when you take on um, counseling and uh, being someone's support. 
and emotional support, the physical support, educational support. The questions don't stop when you go to bed. They don't. They only magnify for that laboring mom, for that pregnant mom, and for that postpartum mom. Postpartum. Particularly the postpartum mom. I was going to say, I was one. (laughs) Because it's like, I'm waking up, she's trying to feed, I'm trying to latch her, she's not. She's screaming out the wazoo, don't let you be a a single mom, because then you don't have anyone to take over or to help you. So... I am I am the significant other to yes. my clients who are single moms. Definitely. And, uh, I am their assistant and <laughs> right. their physician. That's that's a yeah, lot of hats to wear. So um, scheduling is very important. I, I like to not overdo, mm-hmm. but uh, in my services, uh, outside of nutrition, health, and... Um, aromatherapies and uh, reflexology and massage these are things that are catered to what I'm going to present to you during your labor Um, but food and nutrition and exercise that doesn't stop Uh, once you have your baby lactation for at least for the first month Mm -hmm. there'll be questions there'll be comments there'll be ailments there's going to be ups and downs Um, and I always tell my (laughs) clients even though within my services, you'll get 20 hours of postpartum. Right. People don't feel like communicating with you after they have the baby because they feel bad. They're like, but my baby's here. I'm supposed to know How what to, to do. And that's not true. It's, it's when, when they finally contact me and say, oh, I really need you to come over. And can you I already have it done? I already made you a couple meals. I've already mm. like, you need me to clean. Don't let you have multiple kids. Cause it's like, girl, I need to take them to the I park. Don't know you what need this to sleep. Like, like, I have a baby too. If I could put help in capital letters with a few exclamation marks but at I, the end. But I find that when women are pregnant, they have more questions for you. Um, but to me, being an experience, like I'd say, experienced mom, the fifteen-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a two-year-old. I find that I'd call the that most, experience. <laughs> the most help is when you have the baby. Right. It's like, you know, how to navigate um, making meals for the mom that doesn't have assistance. How do you navigate uh, telling her that breast milk is best over over formula? Right. And I don't knock any of it. You want a formula feed your baby? I'm like, ooh, wait, girl. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you the benefits of All the information. Girl, you know you can. Let me just see what your baby gonna do. Your baby's automatically gonna go away, right? Like that's just it hands down. That's, that's what your baby's gonna do. That's great to have an in see, that's that's the the beauty I believe. I'm not judging. I'm uh, not here to in, judge. But I'm in, here to assist. Right. And an informed decision because you know, and, and that's the next part that I want to ask you about is... Oh, we do, Oh, yeah, you know. I'm going to go there. So, you know it would be champagne and tea if I didn't get into... Yep, sip you some more champagne. I got the tea. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Together. You know, we I have to... I pour myself some yeah, more. Yeah, we have to get in the nitty gritty. So... Ooh. She's giving me some heart. Doula. Doula. No, because... So first, you know, just kind of disclaimer, won't go too far off subject, but that's the whole point of champagne and tea. It's like, I feel like if people had the people that are in my life, our life, 
around them in their living room with them knowing that there's people who want to support you there are people that care about your circumstance there is no judgment there is no you know too dumb a question there is no it doesn't matter what your situation or predicament is there is somebody who either is gone through or cares enough to walk hey sis let me grab your hand and walk you through this sir because it doesn't have to be a woman because there's a lot of men struggling like i don't know what to do for my wife you know all of that so which brings me to really two questions but first i'll start with it what was the worst advice that you've heard as a new mother (laughs) yes the worst advice because you know we have these in-laws these ex-laws these these men that don't know what they're doing the you know are the ones who know too much and not enough and you know what i'm talking about what was some of the worst advice given to new parents or new moms or misconceptions um that you know that you just like to clear the air like you know let's talk about it i was um so i can't it's so funny because the way i operate is if it didn't work for me or if if i felt like while you were telling me this 15 years has been a long time right and i did a lot of my own soul searching after i had my um my first son so i think that what how i operate is if I felt like it didn't sound right, <laughs> I just put it out of my whole mental status. Like, I can't even remember the atrocities that were coming to me. And I just feel like that's out. exactly what it was. Because it's like, it didn't, it wasn't coming from my mother who had had right. eight kids. Right. It wasn't coming from my sisters who were having children. It came from random people. Right. So, I will give you one. Okay, okay. And again, I am... I am that doula that will give you education on education on education. I will reiterate. I will enforce, like reinforce. um, Education is so important because without it, then you don't know what to expect. So anybody can tell you anything when you are not aware of it yourself. If you don't know the options that you have, if you don't know, hey, this is an option, this is an option, or this is an option. You're like, somebody can just tell you this and this is what you're doing. So, I remember, I will not say who said it. Okay, okay. Like in a circle, in a closed circle. Let me sip my champagne. Why why would you even deal with the hardships of breastfeeding when there is formula? And that, ooh, that kind of was just like, all I can remember, I, you know... I knew a formula. Right. I knew that there was formula. Right. But it, formula was never on my radar. Right. Because the women that surrounded me, pulling out a boob and feeding your baby, baby, your breast, it, that, that is what the culture was. So when you're coming from a culture that does not show breastfeeding or, you know, as an option, as the only option, then... That's just natural to me. So to hear someone tell me, why would you even deal with the stress of breastfeeding your baby? But again, you don't knock that person. You knock where they came from. Like, you know, a big pharma, again, it's like big pharma had transformed. And there were wet nurses back in the, oh my God, we're talking about as far back as the 20s. And farther back than that, there were women who did not breastfeed their own baby. Like there, uh, the 
there's a not a Netflix. I don't know if it's on Netflix or it's on one of that. The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. So when I watched the first season and I was like, whoa, this blows my <laughs> mind. Like these these maids slash slaves mm-hmm. were birthing babies for these women. Like literally being raped and then birthing the babies for them to give to their owners, so to speak. So if we if we go back as far as, and I'm not saying Handmaiden's Tale and like that's what was going on, and I understand that whole process. Understood. But if that is the culture in which you know, if you're you know if you're lactating because you just had a baby and your boss says I want you to breastfeed my baby. You're breastfeeding their baby too. Yeah. Where's your milk going? Right. To your boss's baby. Right. Versus your baby. Right. So, um, you know, we look at the help. And, oh, okay, you're you're raising other people's children. Right. We're your children. Right. So we, we've had to struggle in this world just to become something. And that alone, um, I thank my cousins. I thank my mom. I thank my grandmothers because... We just, there was no other option. Food was the milk from your breast. Right. And it became something in me that I wanted to do. Like, I had to do. So, to get through the pain of breastfeeding, it it was nothing. I was like, oh, two weeks? You put a time frame on it? I got two weeks to give. I know I got two weeks to give. God, Lord, if it can end without two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) this baby i don't know so but going through the doula program and going through the education pieces it also gave me things that um my parents and my aunts or my cousins were unable to give me positions matters um the lactation how to you know adjust the baby's mouth how to um and then also the extra stuff like the the guards and what to do for here and x y and z it just gives you a plethora of information that you did not have at first or you know you're only registering like two or three things that you can do but with the program they're like man they're endless it's it could be this it could be that it could be this it could be that so to be able to give my clients those references those Mm -hmm. resources that information and that education kind of helps them get through the next process. Like, I can't take anymore. Right. I'm about to get this baby uh, some milk. And I'm like, okay, girl, you got some milk. But let's talk about this. That position. What position you in? By the way, I'll see you in 10 minutes. Right, right. Prop that baby. Moving around. You got a pillow. You got to do this. Like, right. uh, did you, you, did you do, do the chin? Right. Did you do the it's, it's just, it's so many other alternatives. And, and my job, I feel like, is to give my clients, their moms, moms and babies, the best outcome from the mom standpoint. Because if there's something that a mom wants to do wholeheartedly, it affects her mental status if she fails. Right. That's with everything. That's just the nature of moms. That's why I love your mental Mondays. I want to do this. Health. I want to do that. The moment you're unable to do it or you feel like you're defeated... You beat yourself up. Right. That's and just I, the nature of women. And I'm, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that was something that if I, if I can go to a personal note for myself when, you know, I didn't grow up with the, you know, uh, white picket fence, uh, American dream type family. Uh, uh, right. So, okay. <laughs> Sip that. Um, you know, thank you, Father in Heaven, for the people that stood in the gap. Okay. Absolutely. So... With that being said, when it came to breastfeeding, um, 
Yeah. I had the, I was ignorant and I was young of, okay, my husband is not going to help me and I'm going to be stuck with this baby if I breastfeed because he is not going to turn over to help me with this baby. And that couldn't have been further from the truth. So, um, how I, I know you talk a lot about education. How do you educate the new fathers in, you know, this whole experience? Like, how do you help educate the moms to educate the fathers or bring them in on this because you know being that yesterday was father's day i'd be wrong not to include <laughs> fathers you have a place if you are because they talk about single women and which is true but there is still a person who helped to get her to this place right and um you know now we're in this um i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to use the politically correct term here for um, surrogates or people uh, who are choosing to have babies that are in the same-sex relationships. And and we're just going to go with the word significant other because I I really don't want to go into the debatable topics. But how does that work for the partner? The partner's a great word. And thank you because I was trying. I was searching, okay? I'm so sorry. I didn't throw it out, but you were doing well. What's going on? Right, right. Okay, great. No, no, no. So the, the partner is like, how do we you know bring in the partners and the grandparents and you know just the people that are involved that want to be involved that the mom wants to be involved in this whole uh situation to where they're not drowning and um they're not overbearing because they're again is balanced like how do you educate them what what is some advice or you know what what would you tell them like what does that look like that looks like okay so when taking on a client uh if it is a single mom client then that's that's what's said up front right right but if there is uh, most times if i'm interviewing or someone's interviewing me it's a dual situation you just don't interview me i'm interviewing right you. right uh, we may not be compatible <laughs> in this game of doulaship so right i, I do respect the that. craft like it that much i i when i say intimacy i feel like as as a doula, I want an intimate relationship with Absolutely. my mother, my mom, and my dad and or partner. So when it comes to the partner's responsibility, off top, um, I want I am including them in everything. So along with just being a birth doula or a postpartum doula, I'm also a childbirth educator and a lactation counselor. Working on that consultant, baby. Okay, come on, come on. With that said, from jump, from the interview, it's usually, if it's not just a single mom, taking the single mom aspect out of it, I am wanting the partner to be there. I am... I'm hoping that the partner has questions for me about where the money is going, where this is what's happening here. And, and then the childbirth education class, I suggest that the partner is there during that class. The class is about what's happening with the mom during pregnancy, but it's also about how to take care of your baby after the baby is born. So if the the partner is unable to answer questions uh, in regards to what's happening with the mom, and that's that's usually the disconnect. The mom's going through all of these things. Hormones are all over the place. And you're just wondering like, oh my goodness, how do I express this? Who do I express it to? It's never a solo situation. Usually babies in our bond (laughs) from the one person. Right. The other person needs to be available and and around Um, because then again we're talking about what my responsibilities are 
um, in the laboring room. I'm just one person in that delivery room. The partner is the other person. The partner is the one with the touch that calms the mom down. The partner is the one with the affirmation words that are calming the mother, the soothing to her ears. She can hear my raggedy voice, but at the end of the day, that's not moving her at all. It's It's the partner's voice. It's the one that's there every day. So I can hoorah be your cheerleader. But at the end of the day, if there is a partner involved, I'm asking that the partner right. is involved. Um, so then different positions, different stance, different things like that. Um, yeah, it's great that the, the partner is massaging the mom's feet versus me. But if I need to because he's doing something else or they're doing something else, then so be it. So I implement the partner in Everything. every facet. Love and it. then again, part of the childbirth education course is about what happens after what your baby looks like the last thing i need is for mom to be having a mental health day away from getting a mammy getting a petty being able to be away from her baby and her husband for an hour or two or more and the dad is freaking her out calling her talking about that baby yellow <laughs> the baby broke out <laughs> what a bottle is that like you know how, what do i warm All this up do i put it in a microwave you're like no wait a minute wait a minute right so we <laughs> i'm not just the doula for the mom mm-hmm. i'm the doula for the dad right and you know i've had a situation where um the dad communicated with me and he said hey girl hey did my wife call you no she didn't Mm -hmm. what's going and before i finish what's going on i just picked up the phone and i called him i said and why would she have the reason or the need to call me was she having a mental health breakdown she having a breakdown we don't want to go through x y and z and i'm like oh okay so thank you so much i'm gonna call you back (laughs) hung up with him and called her and was like, oh, so you just not going to call me <laughs> while you're dealing with this situation? Right. And that's, that is the unity. Like, when you have two people, and, you know, single mothers have to deal with a lot. And, and, and in this particular point, we're not talking about them. Right. But when there are two people caring for, raising a child, partner, husband, wife, whatever the case may be, you need to be involved. Right. They need to be involved. And I'm giving them, both parties, the tools and the knowledge to say, hey, this is what this looks like. This is what you should look look at it as. And dads and partners are as important. Being the support partner for the mom. Being able to get a pillow. You don't want anybody bossing you around, but let me tell you, if you had a C-section <laughs> or you just popped oh, that baby yes. out the woo you like, wait a minute, sir. You better get up and get that. <laughs> I didn't see my upstairs for at least six to eight weeks. And I remember joking, like, I thought no one loved me because all the clothes my daughter wore said, um, we love dad, dad, this. And it's only because that's what he brought from upstairs. Ma'am. But I could not make it up the stairs. And I, I think it's important that partnership, a partnership is magnified during the aspects of having babies Absolutely. from... From conception, from the moment that uh, the baby is conceived and all of the things that that moms... And shout out to my dads. Like, I've I've had a lot of clients and their husbands or their partners... Happy Father's Day. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's called this space. It's like, you're filling in. I'm like, 
I am a paid professional to fill in a space or the gap when needed, but the person that the mom wants there is not necessarily right. me. It's, it's, you know, who's sleeping next to you, who's giving you those words of affirmation, whose voice and, and words actually serenade greater than mine. It's them. So right. to be the, the aid of the mom and partner, um, it makes me feel good, but it's also uh, my duty to implement the partners in every step of the way. Um, you know, they don't have to go over what to eat. However, I'm like, okay, unless you're gaining that, uh, that, them pounds with your wife or for your wife, Mm-hmm. Then don't be eating no chicken wings that you know she's not about to eat no right. chicken wings because she's trying to stay in her little strict situation. You want to eat a burger? You gonna eat your burger outside? Right. You come right. on and you brush your teeth because a pregnant woman gonna smell that. Talking about some oh, so you didn't have some McDonald's today? Like right. we smell that. Right. So as much as you can, partners, dads, moms, you name it, just fill in the space. Be that gap. Be that person. Um, that your your wife or you know significant other can just you know come to for everything it's it's not just one-sided and just a slight note usually after the baby is born if the mom is trying to breastfeed and all of these things that the mom's trying to get together I don't care if it's a vaginal birth or a c-section like they the hormones are still all over the place that you you name it things are going on there's nothing more than filling that space and being that assistant, that guide for them. But at the end of the day, moms are still doing the most, right? So, you know, we also need to lift up those partners and those dads who feel some kind of way after their babies are born because they feel like they're not doing enough. And then the stuff that they're probably being asked to do they, I've been doing this the entire day. Like, they may feel like, I don't want to do that. Now, however, this is the only thing that mom needs you to do now. Right. Until we pump milk and we can actually give you the baby to feed through a bottle. So, Jess, we applaud you, dads and partners. We appreciate you. And just keep standing in. Filling in that gap when, when the mom needs something. And hoorah. Right. So um, we're coming to the end of our hour with champagne and tea. And um, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out to just definitely educating me and um, our audience, because I really think they need to know how important that role is, especially now we have a lot of COVID pregnancies coming up. Um, And, you know, the doc being limited access in the hospital due to COVID and, you know, having that accessibility, it's always good to know what other options that you have available and and having that support system too. Um, Kudos to you for, you know, taking that leap of faith and following your purpose because we definitely need a lot more passionate people standing next to us because I think it changes your mindset as a parent as um, a supporter of the parent I think it changes everything when you're put on the right um, path early on so uh, before we close uh, if you could briefly tell us some of your new ventures that may be coming here soon and um, 
leave us with a word of advice for our new parents or expecting moms because you know even though we sip our champagne get kind of drunk off the good times hence the baby practices um we definitely need that tea in our life we we need to um we need to hear it so so the floor is yours great um so i'm zalika jackson ledette with births designed by you uh they're doula services i'm birth doula postpartum doula lactation counselor childbirth educator and i think um the one of the things that i'm working on now is a cookbook Ooh, so paleo cook. vegetarian vegan yes. like you name it. And I definitely like my house is not vegetarian so although i'm on a pescatarian diet my people are like girl give me some chicken i'm pescatarian and I'm, but I'm here for the other <laughs> okay so i don't cook a lot of separate meals i just think the the protein aspect is different mm, for me in yes, my house yes. so i'm not making a whole different meal no we utilize the right. balance of a starch right. a veggie or two veggies and then a protein and um so yeah look for bdby uh yeah, you see us you see BDBY her cookbook okay um it, it definitely will cater to like cookbooks and cooking has always been a part of my life as well from my grannies to my dad and my mom and that's just you know we share all the time we share so what recipes. she's saying is she'll be back here soon yeah so. on the cooking show <laughs> right yes. so um and things that or something that i would like to share is adaptability yes. the ability to change a direction and it not move you um and that means if with the education and the resources that doulas give or that i give i want parents parents right Parents. I want the mom and partner to know that when things happen or when a medical provider tells you, the OB-GYN or the midwife says, this is what's happening to you and why it is happening. It is best that you are already aware of what that term is. And it is a beautiful thing to see parents adapt in that moment, taking in what the facts are, taking in what's happening what the result would be if they chose a b c or d and that gives people empowerment it empowers the mom it empowers the partners to know that they are an intricate part of what's happening with their bodies so many times uh, mothers and partners are in a situation to where all they feel is bullied to make a decision mm, absolutely and that happens more times than not so having the resources, having the education um, that doulas like myself give and the advice and this and that and, and multiple things, you're able to make a sound decision. You are able to make a sound decision, not the doctors. Right. They suggest you have to sign off on it. Absolutely. They can't do anything. And you're you don't them say the power back. That's it's right. going to happen. And I think that that power is what we're trying to take back now with doulas and doula services they just want the mom to be in the most safe capable space as possible they don't want the mom to be bullied they don't want the mom to be you know deboed into something that they are not aware of and if you don't have the education they'll tell you anything 
That's and right. fear is a tactic that they use. Your baby could die. Okay, well, it says on this monitor that my baby's heart rate is what it should be. Right. Uh, from what's happening, I think, mm, you know, I'm 38 weeks. Why do I need to be induced? You don't have to be induced. <laughs> you can say, no, we'll wait. Absolutely. So being adaptable is, adaptability is just an important word with the knowledge, with the resources, with everything you have with the doula, you're able to make you, not the doula, the patient, the client is able to make the most sound decision for themselves. And that brings empowerment and that also makes them feel like they are a part of what's happening with their body in the decision-making process. Absolutely. That's all I got for y'all. Yes, thank you so much. Definitely appreciate you and your knowledge. So, guys, we had Zalika Jackson Lede. Okay. <laughs> you got to put you some said, respects you, you, on her name. You said it the Louisiana oh, way. Yeah. It's okay, my bad, my See, they, bad. They my came bad. over here and they changed I their know. Names. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm you sorry. Like, right, okay. Lede. Lede. <laughs> my bad. Okay. It's just a little bit of Michelle. Okay. Don't worry no, about no. that. Thing. You see? You see that? But you know. You know what it is, though. You know it's in the dick. I know. You know it's in the dick. I can't help it. Um, Guys, stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, We had a ball as always. I hope you were informed. I hope it blessed you. Uh, Continue to live in your purpose. You are loved. You have a support system. You have people that care about you go check her out on ig social media uh birth design by you zalika zalika i was about to say it by way okay uh love y'all god bless